Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Tuesday, March 16th. I am coming to you all from my hotel room in Cleveland, Ohio, as I get ready to join the top-notch management team and helping them put on this week's Cleveland Challenger. We've already seen some fantastic results here. We saw our top two seats knocked off in singles, and of course, that event is going to be the focus of much of our coverage here this week on the Mini Break Podcast. David Gertler, our Cracked Rackets contributor, is going to be joining me on a Great Shot podcast you'll either hear on Wednesday or on Thursday covering the past week of the Challenger uh, Tour and, of course, talking about the three Challengers we have going on here this week with a particular focus on the action in Cleveland. And, of course, since I'll be in person watching those matches, I'm certain to do, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes probably each day talking about what I saw unfold. But there's so much other action going on right now throughout the professional tennis world. We've got two ATP 500s, one in Dubai, one in Acapulco. We've got two WTA events in both St. Petersburg and Monterey. It's a fantastic time to be a tennis fan. Of course, college tennis action as well, which Chris Hallioris, Matt Stokowiak, and I cover on the Great Shot podcast. But what I want to do on today's podcast is talk about those two ATP, two WTA events. Now, I'm recording this again late Tuesday night. Some of the action in Acapulco and Monterey yet to finish, but I will try to talk about as much of it as I can and, again, talk about what we've seen unfold these first few days because it's been fantastic tennis across the board. And, uh, you know, just one last thing before we get into it. If you notice me whispering today, or, again, I'm not speaking as loud. I sound tired. It's not that I'm tired. It's that it's late in my hotel room, and I don't want to get any noise complaints, so I am as enthusiastic as ever. And of course, the reason I'm able to bring this enthusiasm day in, day out on the show, what keeps me going is all the support we get from you listeners, from our Patreon family, and of course, from our friends at Midwest Sports. If you need to update any of your equipment, go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15, 15% off your order, free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding 75 Best of all, a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls. You'll also let them know we sent you there by using that promo code. So, MidwestSports.com, that promo code is CR15. With that in mind, let's start with the action in Dubai, where our number one seed, Dominic Team falls to 5-4 and four on the year as he is knocked off in his first match of the event by Lloyd Harris. Now, you look for Lloyd Harris here and what he was able to do in his 3-6-4 six, uh, six, victory over the number one seed. And by the way, Lloyd Harris, a qualifier here this week. He got wins over Tamira's uh, Gabashvili and Blaz Rola before he earned a first-round win in three sets over Australia's Christopher O'Connell. You look for Lloyd Harris in in this match didn't face a single break point and he was 29 of 30 let me say that again folks 29 of 30 on his first serve points that's usually going to be good enough to get the job done now he only made 59 percent of his first serves but again he's 29 of 30 on those first serve points 11 of 21 on second serve points that means he's 40 for 51 overall in the match right around 80 percent uh when you're winning 80 percent of your service points you're probably winning the match and look for Dominic Team, he was 21 of 26 on first serve points, 35 of 51 overall. So, you know, he 
won five less points on serve than Lloyd Harris, but he only made 51% of his first serves. And in this match, those four additional points he had to play on the second serve, or those you know two adi- or four additional points he lost on serve compared to Harris, that was the difference. It was two loose service games from Dominic Team, who, of course, with his one-handed backhand, with the size of his backswing, is always going to be susceptible to a big server like Lloyd Harris. But let's quickly shift gears and focus on Lloyd Harris. You look for the 24-year-old South African who up to number 81 in the rankings here uh, coming into the week. You look now in the live rankings with this result. Harris going to be all the way up to number 78. I mean, the thing that's so impressive about, I want to say, the six foot five, six foot six South African is he's legitimately been knocking on the neighborhood of the elite of the elite servers on the ATP Tour, and you look for him in his last 52 weeks, he's 23-12 and 12 overall. You want to do just ATP-level matches in that la- in that span, he's 11-10 and 10 overall, but you look at the results he's put together again in his last 52 weeks, in particular on the ATP Tour, you know, he makes the quarterfinals of Cologne uh, in... October of last year, he follows that up quarterfinals in Antwerp, and along the way, he got wins over Marcos Giron, Taylor Fritz, Quarantine Mute, which aren't incredible, but those are the wins you need to sustain yourself in the top 100. You look at his start to this season, lost his first match of the year to Gerasimov, but then beats Popperin, beats Torpegard before losing to Mackie McDonald in the third round of the Australian Open. He then loses a bad match in Singapore, but comes through qualies to make the round of 16 in Doha, beating Stan Wawrinka. He follows that up by coming through qualies again, beating O'Connell, now beating Dominic Team to be, again, 23-12 and 12 in his last 52 matches. And you listen to these numbers, he's making 68% of his first serves. He's winning 75.5% of his first serve points, 50.3% of his second serve points. He's holding 83.8% of the time. And look, his break percentage is not great. He's at a 17.5 break percentage, and he's only winning 34 points five percent of his return points but he's winning about 50.5 percent of his total points and again he's holding serve not quite at the isner rate which is in that 85 to 92 percent range that's the elite of the elite but when you're holding serve 83.8 84 percent of the time he's knocking on that neighborhood and holding serves half the battle in pro tennis and you know again lloyd harris did what you have to do to beat dominic team he played decisively he went big on the return took his chances when he went up early in games and you know he played big he played to win he executed on the first serve was able to keep team honest by slicing out wide or going big flat down the tee on the ad side and you know he just he played a really really good match and you know again with that serve with that forehand even if it's not the elite of the elite he's going to win a lot of matches by just serving people off the court and he's only 24 years old and it's a young 24 so I think the best is still ahead for Lloyd Harris certainly probably the win of his career he's probably gotten the two best wins of his career these past two weeks in his wins over Wawrinka and Dominic Team. but again for him to follow up of last week with the strong result, even just qualifying and beating O'Connell, but now to follow that up to beat team, make the round of 16. He's got a winnable match against Philip Krajanovic. Great opening start 
for Lloyd Harris. You talk about some of the other results, and we're not going to break down everything, but Jeremy Chardy continues to rock and roll here early in the season. He's now 13-9 and in his last 52 weeks, but he's now 12-5 and here in 2021. He knocks off Alex Diemenauer in three sets, and you look for him again to start the season semifinals in Antalya, three-set loss to Bublik. He then goes semifinals in the warm-up to the Australian Open, gets a withdraw from Stan, but beats Simone, beats Chilich, beats Fritz before losing to Dan Evans. He then loses first round in Australia to Novak Djokovic, fine, but he follows that up. Quarterfinals in Rotterdam, wins over Umber and Goffin before a three-set loss to Rublev. He lost last week in three to Dan Evans, which is totally cool because he follows that up with three-set wins over Ramos Finolas and then here against Alex Diemenauer. And what is he doing so well? Just going for broke. On that first serve, I mean, again, his ability to, he's winning like 70% of his first serve points. He's, you know, returning well also. He's, uh, you know, he's just going big. He, he, He's playing with nothing to lose, and given the fact that he was, what, I think 3-7 and seven during the 2020 season, and thankfully the rankings protected him, but just could not find his rhythm. He's playing like a guy who has nothing to lose. He's playing like a guy who's finally found confidence and freedom, and you know, he kept, when Demon Hour, whenever, and Demon Hour is prone to do this, as great as his speed is, as capable as he is with his athleticism of slapping a ball flat down the line and playing big, uh, every so often in a rally, he'll leave a ball short in the center, and when Whenever he did that, Shardy capitalized and attacked. It was a fantastic match for Jeremy Shardy, who, again, you look here in 2021 now, he's 12-5. and five. He's made at least the round of 16 in one, two, three, four of the six events he's played. Uh, that's a fantastic start for Jeremy Shardy, uh, who has found his form here. And only 33 years old, so or now 34, excuse me. But a uh, shout-out to him. Fantastic result over Demon Hour. And obviously, if you're a Demon Hour fan, you're frustrated. And, you know, he was as well. He smacked the racket uh, after he got broken. Or I think he had a break point to break back in the third set. Yeah, and he, uh, he smacked a racket in anger after he wasn't able to secure the break. It was... It was fantastic. You can see the fantastic in the sense that you could tell he was frustrated, which is what you want to see. He cares. The efforts there, the results just aren't uh, for him right now. But that was a fun match. And then one more I want to just focus in on. Marton Fuchvich, 28 years old, but 24 and 9. uh, Now 29 years old, excuse me, but 24 and 9. In his last 52 weeks, he comes through qualies to make the round of 16 in Cincy, beating Dimitrov along the way. He makes third round U.S. Open before losing to Tiafo, but beats Dimitrov again. Loses fourth round. Roland Garros beats Daniil Medvedev first round. Loses a tough match to Andrei Rublev in a four-set match. He then, uh, you know, qualifies in Paris. Uh, before losing to George, but fine, he qualifies there. He then starts off with a win uh, in the one win in the warm-up event to Australian Open third round there before losing in four sets to uh, to Milos Raonic. Of course, the final from qualifying he made in Rotterdam, quarterfinals in Doha. He now follows it up with two wins here this week, three sets over Pospisil and Pablo Carreno Busta. He can just do a little bit of everything. And I have to say, Marton Fucevic has those Tomas Burdich legs where they're just rocks. And his ability to move, extend rallies, make shots in uncomfortable positions, hit these on the run, incredible uh, you know, shots and just... 
you know, do all of these different things. He, he's so impressive. And, uh, you know, the slice, he'll, he'll go on the run one-handed backhand, even though mid-rallies he'll play with two hands. His serve, obviously, given the fact that he's, what, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six as well, he's everything you want in your modern tennis player and can do a little bit of everything as well. Just you know, again, has been rock solid over his last 52 weeks. He's holding serve about 80% of the time. He's, you know, breaking serve about 30% of the time. He, he's he been successful for a reason, and it's because he can do, again, a little bit of everything. He is everything you sort of want in your modern player, and he just physically continues to improve as well. It's Again, it, it's tough to say what does he do best probably the serve and the plus one, but there's, there's, you know, how do you attack him, I think is the better question. You just have to be really disciplined. You have to play a good match because he's going to make you uncomfortable. He's going to get you stretched. Marton Fucevic playing the best tennis of his career at 29. Fantastic wins again for him over Pospisil and Carino Busta, two very different styles of player. Of course, you look at the rest of our round of 16. It's going to be Lloyd Harris versus Philip Krajinovic, who got a straight set win over Davidovich Fokina, Bedene, uh, who's won two matches, going to play Kane Ishikori, who has looked great thus far in his wins over Opelka and Gofen. Shapovalov dusts Jan Leonard Struff, and now he has a fascinating matchup against Hubi Hercotts, who's won a straight set match against Richard Gasquet in the round of 16. It's going to be Chardee against Hachinov, who survived today, 7 6 in the third against Alexi Paparin. You've also got Sinego taking on Aslan Karl. Karatsev, Karatsev continuing to prove, again, it was just, I guess, him trying a little harder. He was so good last season on the Challenger Tour and has followed up his Australia result here with wins over Jerusimov and Dan Evans. And honestly, it's a very winnable match against Sinego to make the quarterfinals. Of course, you've also got three more matchups along the way. Yannick Sinner, three-set win for him over Sasha Bublik. He just that, you know, he was so disciplined in that match, and that's how he managed to hit, uh, to uh, outlast, I suppose, the power of Bublik. He's now got RBA. That should be a really fun matchup. Fucevic taking on the Deuce, Deuce on Lajevic, and then Taylor Fritz, 7-6 in the third. He gets a little revenge after he lost to Basilishvili last week in the semifinals in Doha. He's going to take on Andre Rublev, 4-4 four four win for him. Hard-hitting baseline battle, two breaks of serve. That was the difference uh, as he knocked uh, fellow youngster Emil Rusavori should be a very fun again round of 16 day in Dubai and half the fun about the ATP action this week the Dubai play starts so early in the morning the Acapulco action goes so late till night of course you've got Challenger and WTA action in between it means there's literally tennis 24-7 here this week and I do want to quickly talk about Acapulco because again there are still some matches that haven't finished here tonight, but you look thus far through our round of 32 matches and getting us ready for the round of 16. Uh, the only seeds who have been upset thus far, I suppose the only seed who got knocked off in the round of 32 is the number three seed, Diego Schwartzman, who lost a fantastic match to former number one junior in the world, rising next-gen star Italian Lorenzo Musetti, 6-3, the first top 10 win of Lorenzo Musetti's career. Of course, he was fantastic last year on the clay as well. I think he got wins over Nishikori and maybe Wawrinka. I don't know if I have that right. But anyways, three-set win for him. He just 
you know, Schwartzman didn't have the weapons to hurt him uh, on these hard courts, which are playing pretty quick. And that one-handed backhand from Musetti, so beautiful. His ball striking ability, his willing to move forward, be the aggressor, his speed around the court. He's got a lot of things working for him. And he's not your 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", youngster like so many of these other youngsters are. But he's got all the firepower. It's Shapovalov-y, uh, I suppose, as well. He's just a righty, but uh, a fantastic win for Musetti. Played some really, again, strong tennis here uh, down uh, the home stretch and just out, able to outlast Diego Schwartzman. Just people to do that physically at his age. Really, really impressive result. In terms of your other seats, Tsitsipas, Zverev, straight set wins over Pear and Alcaraz, respectively. Carlos Alcaraz looked good, but the second Zverev was able to apply some pressure to his ground strokes, particularly that forehand, he was able to produce errors. Uh, Rayonich really close straights and then actually ran out to a big lead in the second before Tommy Paul was able to narrow it. Thought it was a pretty good performance for Paul. 7-6-6-4. Rayonich, you know, just going to Rayonich. Fabio Fonini, 5-2 and two over Travaglia. FAA, really fun 3-6 and six match over Sandgren. He actually, FAA, served for that second set 5-4. Sandgren was able to get the break and then, you know, Sandgren just tests you physically and for FAA the fact that he was able to stand that test given the health issues he had early in the season good victory for him uh, Grigor Dimitrov advanced, by the way, over Adrian Manorino. In terms of your other results, it was Jure, Greek Spore, Isner, Kasmenovic, Kopfer, Nori, and Korda advancing. Sebastian Korda looked really good in his 5-2 and two win over Marin Cilic. And then Francis Tiafo, 6-4, over Young American and Qualifier here this week, Brandon Nakashima. All I can say is if you haven't, go watch the replay that Tiafo won this match is actually shocking to me. I thought after they split, you could just see from the body language, Francis Tiafo was like, how did I not win this match in straight sets? How am I still out here? And yet, he was able to find the gear he needed, particularly in that third set breaker. So again, credit to Tiafo for the per- perseverance, credit to Nakashima for pushing, pushing, pushing. Hey, great shot. That shows you how late it is, folks. Him uh, pushing Tiafo the way that he did. He's clearly on his way to the top 100, particularly on hard courts. I think he's a top 100 level player already, but Francis Tiafo, a little too good. That's a great victory for him. And it sets up again a really fun, oh, Kasparu Daniel Galan still on court as well, but sets up what should be a really fun round of 16 day tomorrow. You look at the matchups, Korda versus FAA, Tsitsipas versus Isner. You've got Kasmenovic versus Dimitrov, Musetti versus Tiafo. You've got, uh, again, just fun battles up and down the board. Fonini versus Cam Nori. Uh, you know, I, I, I could mention every single match, but it should be a really fun day of action in Acapulco. Those are your two ATP events. Let's talk now quickly about the WTA events in St. Petersburg. My two most impressive performances thus far belong to Daria Kasikina and Yelena Ostapenko. Let's start with Kasikina, who did just enough to escape with a 6-4-7-6 victory today over dangerous young Danish talent Clara Toss and you look for Kasikina the big numbers 67% uh, 68% excuse me of her first serves go in she wins 65% of those points uh, now both players struggled on their second serve Kasikina was 9 of 26 on second serve points Toss in 13 of 33 and that speaks to whoever was able to be the aggressor play plus one tennis that was the key in this match but you know the key for Kasikina 
she was able to stretch toss into the outer thirds and then physically she was able to move just well enough to put that extra ball in play just frequently enough and then she just played a fantastic second set tiebreaker to put enough pressure on Clara Tossin. She did a great job with her forehand in particular. And of course, if you've watched Daria Kasakina, that's the side she plays with the heavier ground stroke. It, it is a game that would be most suited for clay courts because of just, again, the top spin, the explosive. You can see it if you watch her play. She did a great job moving that forehand around, getting Tossin stretched. And unfortunately for Tossin, who was so good in this match. I mean, sometimes when she connects with that backhand on down the line or that forehand cross court early, you're just like, oh my God, is this girl going to be good? Uh, she, you know, the, her problem right now is physically. Just her movement's not quite there yet. It's behind the other parts of her game. And her movement's still good. And her anticipation skills are exceptional. But Kasakina just got her stretched just frequently enough and then again put a ton of pressure on her in that second set breaker. Uh, Tossin was right there stride for stride with Kasakina, but Kasakina just a little too good and you know you look in this match five breaks of serve for Clara Tossin, six breaks of serve for Kasakina, total points one Kasakina 85, Tossin 73 so it's a 54-46 split just was just a fantastic match, and if you have the ability to go watch the replays or you want to just go watch the highlights on YouTube, I highly recommend that you do so because, again, fantastic level of tennis. Uh, unfortunately for Clara Tossin fans, Daria Kasakina just a little too good, and it makes sense. The former top 10 player in the world, currently number 61, who won that title in that second week in Australia event, and she's 2011 and 11 now in her last 52, and, you know, again, you look at her this year, she's won a ma- at least one match at every event. Round of 16 in Abu Dhabi in the Australian Open warm-up, you know, second round Australian Open. She ended up losing 6-3 and three to Arena Sapalenka, but she follows that up by beating Martich, Pavlovchenkova, Collins, and Buzkova to win that Phil- Phillips Island Trophy title. And, you know, now again, she is much closer to the player she was in 2018 when she cracked the top 10 than she was in 2019 when she struggled so mightily. So, fantastic victory for her. Fantastic level for Yelena Ostapenko, who just, you know, you forget that the former French Open champion is still, what, only 23 years old, doesn't turn 24 until June, and currently ranked number 53, but... I know she's only 10-8 and eight in her last 52. When she plays her best tennis, she can beat anyone. And she just, she was playing check, uh, you know, chess while Paula bedosa Gilbert was playing checkers or whichever one is the better metaphor. Ostapenko was the better player. She just hit Paula bedosa Gilbert off the court. And her shot making, her ability to take the ball early, down the line, cross court, off of both wings, when she's locked in physically, She's just outstanding. She takes space away from you. She's another person who rents in that power neighborhood. She's not nearly consistent enough to be an owner in Serena Williams' power tennis neighborhood, but she can hit that gear from time to time, and she did against Bedosa Jaber. She was just outstanding. So a fantastic level from Ostapenko. I just wanted to mention her quickly as well, but you look across the board, Savonareva, Ostapenko advancing in straight sets in their first match. Sasnovich, a three-set winner. Martin Sova, a three-set winner. Shi Wang, three-set winner. Rakimova, a three-set winner. Kristain, a three-set winner. And then you know, Kiki Mladenovic lost a tough uh, three-set match to Margarita Gasparian, who, if you haven't seen Gasparian play the one-handed backhand, the 
way she just leans in and smacks that ball. The aggression she played was six seven six one six one. She, I, I thought Mladenovic played really well, and Gaspar Jan just hit another level. But again, should be a fun day in St. Petersburg tomorrow. You've got Ostapenko taking on Kirstian. You've got Alexandrova in the number one seed starting her campaign off against Martin Sova. Kuznetsova against Wang. Farrow versus Ivana Reva should be great. Zavatska versus Gasanova should be a fun day in St. Petersburg. And then in terms of the action in Monterey, uh, you look at who has advanced thus far. Leila Fernandez, Stojanovic, Zidanzik, Lauren Davis, Kuzmova, Anli, Paulini, Shmladova. Those were your winners on day one. If you've been following the women's tour closely, none of those names will surprise you, particularly number eight seed young American Anli who's just been a stud, or young Canadian, Leila Fernandez. They've both been so good over the past year. You do look today, uh, Alia Kalinskaya, upset over number two seed, Nadia Podoroska, 4-4, four and four, but I did mention that might be a possibility given the hard-hitting Kalinskaya on these fast courts in Monterey. Uh, hand in a glove. It was a fit for her. She just hit Podoroska off the court. It was impressive level from her. Your other winners on the day, Yuvan, uh, Shui Zhang, uh, Sarah Sripes, Tormo, Veronica Golubic, uh, and Lin Zhu all advancing. Zhu a winner over Bouchard, 7-5-7-6. You did lose your number one seed, your number two, I mentioned the two seed, and your five seed, Sloane Stevens, knocked off uh, in her first match against Christina Kutsova, 2-2, two and two, just... The struggles for Stevens continue, and then you look for number five seed Heather Watson, a four and six loss against uh, Harriet Dart, her fellow countrywoman. But given all the youngsters in play, uh, given Layla Fernandez, Kaya Yuvan, uh, both going to be in action tomorrow. It should be, again, another really fun day of play in Mondrian, just a fun day overall. And again, I know I'm not talking about the challengers here today, despite being in Cleveland, but rest assured. I am recording a podcast tomorrow morning with Cracked Rackets contributor David Gertler where we're going to talk about the past week of action on the Challenger Tour and again preview all the action in store for us this week, talk a little bit about Cleveland specifically, and I'm going to try and talk to as many players um, as possible, get them on the podcast, maybe even get them on video as well, so be on the lookout for all of that content on our website, CrackedRackets.com. You need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly, I'm at Great Shot Pod. Shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, for the of an any job they do day in, day out. Shout out as well to our friends at Midwest Sports. Go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15 to get 15% off your order and let them know that we sent you there. But with that in mind, for the super producers, Fleetner and Westoff, our friends at Midwest Sports, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break. We'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.